Begin the Gemara today at the top of Daf Lamed Chesam Aleph, four lines from the top of the Yamad, where it says, Omalei Rava. So this is actually in the middle of a discussion here in the Gemara, where it brings up the subject regarding a person that is a Chayiv Misa. And we learned that from Sukkim before, that a person that's Chayiv Misa, there's one Pasuk the Gemara brought, a person that's a murderer, you cannot take from him any payment to pater him from the Chiv Misa. It's one Pasik. Then there was a second Pasik that seems to be saying the same thing. Another Pasik says, A person that's Chayiv Misa, he cannot redeem himself with money. So the question the Gemara is discussing is, why do we need these two Pesukim? So the answer the Gemara came to is that it's referring to two different cases. There's one case where a person kills someone in an oifin, that b'shoigig, he would be chayv golos. And there's another oifin that he kills someone, that b'shoigig, he would be potter from golos. So the Gemara says, if you chayv golos, b'shoigig, so that shows that it's a more lenient thing that he did, because he has a kapot of b'shoigig. And if, he, if he's potter from golos, b'shoigig, so then that's more severe, because he doesn't even get a kapot for that. So therefore, we would think that maybe when it comes to this idea of allowing himself to redeem himself with money, there would be a distinction in these two cases. So therefore, we have two psukim to say that in either case, whether it was derech or derech those are the two scenarios regarding golos, if you're chayev or pater, either way, you're going to be chayev misa, when it was done b'mezid, and you cannot redeem yourself with money. Those are the two psukim. So the Gemara is going to ask on this, that we don't need two psukim to teach us this, and the Gemara is going to discuss this matter, and it's going to bring a few different shatim, what we do with these two psukim. Amalei Rave, so Rave says to this, for this answer, and we can't answer this way. This idea that we do not make a distinction in how he murdered someone, whether it was an upward motion or downward motion, and which that, that's the case when there's a difference, whether he's chayiv in Golos or potif in Golos, there's no difference. We learned this out from a different place already. Chizkiya said this, and we had this before. The Tana de Bechizkiya, said, when the Torah tells us, If you go and damage, or actually if you go and hurt someone, you kill someone. And then it says, You go and damage someone's animal. Why, the, why is the Torah saying it together? We compare the two. Just like when you damage someone's animal. We do not make a distinction whether it was done accidentally or... It was done with uh, purposely. No difference. Whether it was done with kavana to kill or to damage this animal or something else. Or if it was done with a downward motion, with an upward motion. So there's no way that in any of these cases you would say that he's exempt from paying. He's equally chayef to pay in all these cases. Af Adam, the same is also when you go and you kill somebody, there's no distinction, whether it was or or with Kavana, without Kavana, upward or downward motion, and that in any of these cases you would say that he should have to pay. In all of these cases, once he's Chayiv Misa, he's going to be potter from paying. Why? Because of Kamle, but the Right, so here, Chizki is learning out from this Pasik that the concept of Kamle B'derabimine applies in any case that, that, that you did something that is a Chiyiv Misa, including even a Shege, where there's no actual Chiyiv Misa. But the main thing that's relevant for us is the fact that Chizki mentions that there's no distinction between Derech and Derech That in both of these cases, the, the concept of Kamle B'derabimine applies.
So just like Chizkiah is learning out from this Pasuk here, regarding Kamleh B'der that we do not make a distinction between Derech and Derech for Kamleh B'der the same thing is also regarding the subject that we're speaking about here. When it comes to a person that wants to redeem himself by paying money and save himself from the Chi of Misa, there's no distinction how he killed another person, whether he killed him Derech or killed him Derech Either way, you cannot redeem yourself with money. Just like regarding Kamleh B'der we don't make that distinction. Regarding this halacha, that one cannot redeem himself with money and pater himself from Misa, we also learn from here that we do not make that distinction. So Rav's question is, we don't need two psukim to teach me this. But we do make a distinction between Shagun and Gemesi. Regarding what? Regarding Kamleh B'der Not according to Chizkiah. No, and the Gemara actually before said that everybody agrees to Chizkiah, even though there's in other places where it could be other people. But over here, the Gemara before said that everybody agrees to what Chizkiah says. Ella, so therefore the Gemara comes back again to these two psukim and gives a different shot. Again, we're talking about the two psukim, Leisikhu Kaifer, and the Pasik of Kalchayrem, that when there's a Chayrem, Lo Yipadah, that a person cannot redeem himself with money when he's Chayiv Misa. So Ella, Rami so therefore Rami Bachameh says, Itzterich, I need these two psukim for the following reason. So, I would think to say, When do I say this halacha? That, so Rami Bachom is actually taking these two psukim, and he's, uh, so again, let me, let me clarify this one more time. Rami Bachom is actually coming to explain the pasuk of lo yi'a Why do I need the pasuk of lo yi'a to teach me that you only, the halacha of kamle b'dirab if I have a second pasik of lo uh, of to tell me that you don't take any payment in a case when a person is chayiv misa. So he's focusing over here on explaining what do I need two psukim for komle b'derabimne. So Rami Bacham explains, Itzterich. I need these two psukim as follows. Sol because I would think to say, Ha nemili. When do I say the halacha of komle b'derabimne? Heiche de sima es einoi ba. If you went and blinded a person, and through this, you also killed him. The pain that happened through this, he ended up dying. In such a case, because with this one action that you did, when you took away his eyesight, that itself caused him to die, then I say that you only get one punishment for this, and not two different punishments. Because it's one thing that you did here that caused that he should die. Aval But if it was a case where you went and you blinded him, and besides that, you did something else to him, which ended up killing him. Nah, he didn't die because you blinded him. But you, you blinded him. And then besides that, you hurt him in another way that, that ended up killing him. So, maybe in such a case, I would say that you do have to pay separately than the Chi of Misa. You did two different things. One thing, you blinded him. When you blind another person, you have to pay for that. For all the different modes of payment that there are. Uh, which, which means money. And, but then beside that, you also would be Chayv Misa. So maybe you can make a distinction between what happened, the two, ca- two cases over here. And that's why you need two psukim. The Pasuk of Lo Yiyya Asayin would only come to tell me in a case where there was one, one Makkah. You blinded him. And that itself also killed him. So Lo Yiyya Asayin is the source to tell me that in that case I say, Kamle B'dirab Minei. But then I need another Pasuk to come and teach me. And I think uh, this is going back actually to of the Pasuk of Sikhu uh, Kaifer. The Pasuk that it says Sikhu Kaifer is also coming to teach me regarding that a person does not have to pay when he's Chayiv Misa even if 
the payment and the Chiyav Misa did not happen together at the same time. He blinded him, that's one thing, and then he also did something else and he, he killed him. Even there, I also say, This is Rashi's Pshat in the Gemara. Other Rishayim have different Pshat where there's various Pshat in this Gemara. But again, the point is, according to Rashi, this Teretz of Rami Barchame is going back to the subject of Kamle Bederabimine. And it's explaining what we do with the Pasik of Veloyiya Asain and the Pasik of Veloy Sikhu Kaifer. And once we understand that both of those Psukim are talking about Kamle Bederabimine, so then the third Pasik that the Gemara quoted before, which is Loyiya Khairem, is talking about the fact that we don't allow a person to redeem himself from the Chiv Misa. So on this answer, Rav asks as well, This idea that we do not make a distinction in why a person is Chayiv Misa and Mamay, whether it's coming from one thing he did or from two things he did, we learn this from another thing that Chizkiya said. Chizkiya said, When the Torah says, an eye for an eye, what does this mean? We learn from here, but not an eye and the soul of the person for an, an eye. What is, what is the simple shot of what he's saying? What he's saying is, how do we know that when the Torah writes, ayin tachasayin, what this means is that it's only paying money, and not literally an eye for an eye. The answer is because if, if you go and w- want to knock out this person's eye because you knocked out someone else's eye, he might end up dying because of this. Yeah. And therefore, ayin vin nefesh tachasayin, that we can't do. So you can't do ayin tachasayin because it may bring to actually be ayin vin nefesh tachasayin. So therefore we know that the Torah meant only payment. But from this itself we also learn out that if you knocked out someone else's eye, there's only one thing. Only ayin tachasayin. The Torah does not want that you should be doing two things. That because of what you did, you should pay in two ways. With your ayin and with your nefesh. So from here as well we learn out that if you knock out someone's eye and he died... So then, you're only going to be chayv one thing, misa, and not two things. Because that, that itself you see also in this Pasik that when you are chayv and einish, what you did to your friend, it's only one thing, not two. So this idea that you chayv only once, I learn out over here from what Chizkiya said. So therefore, the Pasik of Allah Yiyah Asayim would teach me that if you knock out someone's eye, and then besides that, you did something else that killed him, so you'd be chayv only once to pay. So you don't need the Pasik. The question still remains, what do you need the Pasik of Allah Sikhu Kaifer to teach me this idea? I see already here from Tana Debe Chizkiyeh that taught us this halacha of Allah Ayin V'nefesh Tachasayin. Elam Ravashi. So therefore Ravashi has another pshat. It's the Hanid, the Pasik of Allah Yiyeh Kaifer and Allah Yiyeh Asan Yid as follows. Sol Kedai Tachamine. I would think to say, Ho Yilvah Chiddush Ushachid Shetayre Beknas. That since the Torah was Mechadish, that you pay a knas, so therefore I would say, even if it's true that usually when you chayv misa, you don't pay, but by knas it's different. Knas is a chiddush that the Torah said, that the Rashi says, what's knas? Knas is not a regular payment, knas is a gzeiras melech. The Ebi should decree that you should pay this. So if knas is a penalty that the Ebi should decree to pay, afagav the mikdal mishalem, even if you're getting killed, you should still have to pay. That's why I need an extra pasuk here to say that you do not pay. So again, this comes to explain what do I need the two psukim for? One pasuk is the source of and the second pasuk is coming to teach me that even in a case of knas, you don't pay if you chayiv misa. But we had before Rabbi before said in the Gemara that because knas is actually a chiddush that the Torah says you pay. So afagav the mikdal mishalem. 
And Rabbi says that the halacha by knas is the taka you, you do pay the knas, even when you chayev misa. So So if so, the pasuk of Kaifer is not coming to teach me this. So what are you going to learn out from the pasuk of Kol Chayrem? You have over here extra pasuk because of Leisikhu Kaifer is not teaching me this. So then Leisikhu Kaifer is just teaching me that a person can't redeem himself with money when he's Chayv Misa. So if so, the Knas that doesn't need this pasuk. So then we have an extra pasuk Leisikhu Kaifer. What are we learning out from here? So the Gemara answers, Savalo Ketana Kame, the Rabchananya Ben Akavya. What Rava holds, Rabba that is, what Rava holds is, like the first Tana that was brought before, that was arguing with Rabchananya Ben Akavya. This goes back to what we learned at the end of the previous Ahmed. The whole Gemara here is based on the opinion of Rabchananya Ben Akavya. But before that, the Gemara brought the Tana Kame that says that this Pasuk, Kol Chayrem, is not an extra Pasuk. It's teaching me something completely different. That when someone is taking, taken by the Bezdin to be executed, and someone says, Er Koyalai, that I, I will give his value to Hektish, so he has no value and you don't have to give it to Hektish. So we learn out from that Pasuk a completely different thing. So therefore, that's not considered to be an extra Pasuk. You can't redeem it, Okay. Let's continue. Zakta Mishnah, that is. Zakta Heilige Mishnah. Naira, Shanis Arsov, and Garsha. Going back to the halachis of a Naira that someone was Mizana with her. So if she first was Nisarsa, she got married to someone, the first stage of marriage, Edison. And then she got divorced. And now someone came and violated her and was Mizana with her. Rabbi Yesek Lili says, knas. At this stage, she gets no payment of Knas anymore. Rabbi Kiva says, Yesh knas. Even after she, there was an Edison and she was divorced, she still gets Knas. The Knas Alatzma. And at this point, the payment of the Knas goes to her. Usually by a Naira, whatever income, including Knas, goes to the father. But over here, she gets the payment of the Knas. my time, What's the source of what Rabbi Yesek Lili said? Because the Pasuk says, The Torah clearly says, that she gets the knas. What kind of a naira are we talking about? That a person went and had a relation with this girl, which was not ever married before, in the, in the Edison. But if she was married, so even though now she's divorced, but now there's no payment of knas anymore. Clear pasik. Rabbi Kiva, how does Rabbi Kiva explain this pasik? What does mean? That if she was not Oirasa, then the knas that she gets paid goes to the father. But if she's a Naira that was already married and now she got divorced, there is Knas, but now she gets the Knas, not to the father. If that's how you're darshaning this Pasik, when it says we're not going to say that there's no Knas here at all. It's just a question who gets the Knas. So you should say the same thing regarding the other details that the Pasik says about the Knas. So, when it says in the Pasuk that Knas is only for a Naira, and not a girl that's older and more mature, from 12 and a half and older. Hachanami, say the same thing. The La'atzma, say that in such a case, the father does not get the Knas, but she gets the Knas. Or when the Torah says, Besula, that only a Besula do you have to pay Knas for. Not if she already had a relation with someone else from before. Hachanami, say the same thing. The La'atzma, that in such a case, she gets a Knas herself. So we don't say that there. Over there we say that if you're not a Naira or if you're not a Basula, you don't get at all the Knas. So if so, Hachanami, here as well, when the Torah says, You should say that the Torah means to say that if she was already a Yirasa, she was already married, she doesn't get the Knas at all. 
So why over here does Rabbi Kiva say that you still get the knas, but it doesn't go to the father, it goes to her? Amalach Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva will tell you, Hi, loy Eirasa. When the title says loy Eirasa, this is not coming to teach me that she does not get the knas because she was not Eirasa. This is, these are extra words, and mi like a The title is writing it for what we learn out in the following b'raise. Asher loy Eirasa, when the title writes, Asher loy Eirasa, this excludes a naira that was married and was divorced. She gets no knas. That's Rabbi Yisiaglili's opinion. Rabbi says, She does get knas. And not only that, in the Braise here, Rabbi Kiva says, The father gets the knas. So this is actually contradicting what Rabbi Kiva said in the Mishnah. Rabbi Kiva said in the Mishnah, She gets knas and it goes to herself. The mother is going to discuss this soon. And then Rabbi Kiva explains why he's saying so. It's logical to say that there still is knas and the father gets the knas. Why? We know that the father has the right to marry off his daughter and the money that he would get for the Kiddushan goes to the father. And the father is also the one that gets the money for the knas. So therefore we compare the two. Just like it is with the money of a Kiddushan that a father gets. Even if she was married and divorced, she's still a Naira, the father still can marry her off and gets the money. The money payment for the Knas is the same thing. Even if she's a Naira that was married and was divorced, the father still gets that Knas. So now Rabbi Kiva says, Im Kain, if this is logical, that the father, there still is knas, and the father gets that knas, Im Kain matamad leima asheloyeirasa. Why is the Torah writing these words, asheloyeirasa? The answer is mufna. It's extra words. Lahakish loy, in order to compare from here to another case, to, to, to uh, teach us certain halachas. Veladun heimenu gzeirishava. And therefore we learn out gzeirishava. What is that gzeirishava? The Torah here by a ma'anis writes the words of and it says by a mafata when a person persuaded a girl into a relationship. Over there, the Torah also writes So now we compare the two. Just like over here, it says that it's 50 coins that you have to pay. Over there as well, you pay 50. Just like over there, it's shkolim. Over here as well, it's shkolim. So the Torah wrote the extra words, not to say that you put it from the Knas, it's just coming to create this Gzeirah Shavah, so you know how much exactly it is that you pay. Okay, this is Rabbi Kiva's opinion there. Frek, the Gemara, on Rabbi Kiva, my Chazis, now what do you see to, to the, touch the Pasuk this way? The words, you consider to be extra, and therefore you use it as Gzeirah Shavah. So in that case, when she was Ayrasa, when she was married, you're not going to pat her from Knas. But Ubisula, when it writes Besula, that you take literal. You don't use that for any Gzeda Shava. Besula, you say, is Lema'ute Be'ula. That excludes a girl that's a, that's a Be'ula that had already a relation before. How do you know to learn this way? Eime, maybe do it in the reverse. Maybe say, Besula, L'Gzeda Shava. When the Torah wrote the word Besula, maybe that should not be taken literal. And the Torah is writing Besula here, by Oynes and by Mefata, only for Gzeda Shava. And Vashar Lo'yerasa, and then when the Torah writes, Vashar Lo'yerasa, maybe that's not extra for Gzeda Shava, maybe that should be taken literally. And I should say, Prat that that excludes a Naira that was married and divorced, that over there she, she gets no Knas. 
So the Gemara answers, according to Rav Akiva, Mistavre, it's logical to say, Asher lo'erasa l'gzede shave. That Asher lo'erasa are the extra words we used for gzede shave. Shaharei anikaidaba naira besula. Because then I can apply what the Pasuk is saying, literally, naira besula, that knas is only for a naira and for a besula. So therefore, I, I want to keep those words, naira and besula, in its literal meaning, so I use lo'erasa for gzede shave. Says the Gemara, why would you do this? Adarabah, on the contrary. Say, besula l'gzedeshava. Maybe the word besula is used for an extra word as l'gzedeshava. And I don't translate besula literally. That's So then you'll be able to translate literally that over there, if she's not, if she, she was already married before, then there's no knas. How do you, so the point of here is, there's one word that we have to consider to be extra for l'gzedeshava and one word that we take literal. How does you know how to how to do this? So the Gemara answers Mistavra. It's logical to say that when it comes to a besula, that over there we're going to take it literally because ha ishtani gufa. The difference between a besula and a baula is that there's an actual change in her physical body. So therefore, that's something that I take literal and say that there's a change in her literal in a physical body that she's going to be potter from knas. But vaha la ishtani gufa. The difference between a girl that is still a basula, she, oh, but she was just married before, and now she's divorced, there's no actual change in her physical body. So therefore, there's less reason to say that you would be potter to pay knas in this case. So therefore, I do not take literal, and I just use those words for exedeshava. But the word basula, that I take literal, and I say that since her body changed, it's logical to say that this detaita meant literally that one that violates her will be potter from knas. Everybody changed with two hairs or what? No, no, no. She's a Ba'ula. Basula versus a Ba'ula. Now the question over here is, according to Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, Rabbi Akiva has this Gzayr So according to Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, where does he have, the, any, where does he learn out this halacha from? That we learn in this Gzayr to know the amount for the payment. Hai Svara Minole. Where does he learn it out from? Answers the Gemara. Nafkele, he learns it out. Midetanya from the Braise. This was quoted in the Gemara before already. Kesef, Yishkel, Kemayar Abesulais. You give money like the money designated for the Besulais. What is this Mayar Abesulais? Like the money designated for the Besulais. Sheyehezeh, Kemayar Abesulais. That I compare over here, that you pay over here by Ainus, just like by the Mefateh. And then I also say, Umayar Abesulais, Kezeh. And what you pay there is like what you pay here. And the Gemara explained this before already. This refers both to the fact that you pay 50 and that you have to pay Shkolem. So therefore he learns it out from here, so he does not need the Gzayr that we said before. But now the Gemara comes back to the contradiction that we had in the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. Kashir, the Rabbi Kiva, the Rabbi Kiva. We have a clear contradiction in Rabbi Kiva's opinion. In the Mishnah it said that you pay the Knas, and who gets the Knas? She gets it. Once she was married, once before, she gets the Knas. In the Brais it said that the father gets the Knas. Answers the Gemara, yes, it's a contradiction. Trei Tanoi, Valiba the Rabbi Kiva. These are two Tanoim in the Mishnah and the Braise that are arguing what Rabbi Kiva's opinion is. So now the Gemara will address this. So we understand Rabbi Kiva's opinion in the Mishnah that says that yes, there's a payment of Knas, but who gets that payment? She does. So we can understand why this Tana says so. Because Le'asye Gzayrishavet, the Gzayrishavet that we said before, the Torah wrote Ashaloi Oyrasa, that Knas is only if she was not married before. So what did Rabbi Kiva do? Rabbi Kiva said, no, those words should not be taken literal. We're using it for Gzayrishavet. But nevertheless, Gzayrishavet will not come to uproot the Pasuk from its literal Pshat completely. 
The Pasuk is coming to teach me something. That there is some difference in the payment of the knas if she was married before or not married before. So therefore, this Tana explains, what is it teaching me? Yes, there's knas, but it's not the same. Usually the father gets it, and over here, she gets it. So that we understand. However, according to Rabbi Kiva, the Braise, in the Braise, does the Pasuk over here say, when it says, so we have for this, that's what we're using these extra words, but does that completely uproot the, what the meaning of the Pasuk is, and that we, there's no relevance for what these words are saying here altogether? Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, so Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, yeah, according to this Tana, we have to read the words of the Pasuk a little bit differently. Kiribei, read the words, Ashaloi Ayrasa, not Ashaloi Ayrasa, but Ashaloi Arusa. Read it as Ashaloi Arusa, which means she's not presently married to somebody. That's when you're exempt of Knas. Not that she wasn't once married before. She's not presently married to somebody. That's what the Pasek has to say, that she's not presently married to someone. If you violate a girl, which is not a girl anymore, she's, just, she's married already, so then there's a Chi of Skila. And in such a case, if there's a Chi of Skila, obviously there's no Knas. If you have Skila, there's nothing to pay for. And says the Gemara, No, I still need a Pasek here to teach me that you don't pay the Knas. Because I would think to say, similar Svara that we had before in the Gemara, since this whole payment there is a chiddush, it's knas, it's a gzeda of the ebisha that you have to pay, even if you chayv misa, skila, but maybe you should still have to pay the knas. That's what the Torah is teaching me, according to this opinion of Rabbi Kiva, that when she's already married, you don't pay this knas. And according to Rabbi that we brought before that said, that the Torah says a chiddush that you pay knas afalgav the miktal mishalem, and therefore he says that even if you get killed, you still pay the knas. What are we going to say according to his opinion? So according to him, even if you're getting killed, you still pay the knas. So we're going to have to say savalak rabakiva de masnisin. When Rabbi said what he said, it does not fit with what it says in the Braise. What, what Rabbi said goes, along, goes only according to the opinion of Rabbi Kiva in the Mishnah that said that the knas goes to the father. In Abraise, we learned Knasa Lemi. The Abraise asks the question, who gets the Knas when a girl gets paid the Knas? So, Lavia. The first opinion is it goes to the father. Others say, no, it goes to the girl herself. So the question is, the Braise doesn't spell out what, what kind of situation are we talking about here when it questions who gets the Knas. Usually, the father always gets the Knas. There's no argument about this. So therefore, the Gemara asks the question, Why should she get the Knas? Rav Chista says, this Braise is speaking about the case that we're speaking about here in the whole Gemara. It's speaking about a Naira that was married once before and she got divorced. And and then that's uh, and that's the, the argument there. Kamiflagi beplukte the rabakive the masnisin the rabakive the brayse. And the argument here is the same argument as we just had in the rabakive of the Mishnah and rabakive of the brayse. That they, they argue that there is knas even after she uh, was married before and got divorced. But the question is, who gets the payment of this knas, the father or the daughter herself? Okay. So,